0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of HCI's 9 to Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Holly Pennebaker. This episode is about diversity and the difference data can make in the work you do. We'll more closely examine this topic in HCI's upcoming Inclusive Diversity Conference, which is planned for May 6th through the 7th in San Francisco. Today, we're talking with one of the conference speakers, Amanda Reid. Amanda is an industrial organizational psychologist, HR data disruptor, and diversity recruiting manager at Cummins. Her expertise includes diversity, data, and science. So hey, Amanda, how are you today? Thanks for being here.
1: Hi, Holly. Um, it's great to be here. Super happy to be on the HCI podcast. So thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, so I like to lovingly joke that a lot of my job is about helping people understand what data means with human beings, (laughs) which I know might sound a little odd, but um, we all love data. A lot of us work with very technically minded people, but when you throw people into the mix in terms of the premise of the data and the subject matter of the data, a lot of people get very uncomfortable very quickly. So a lot of my job revolves around helping people find that comfort and understanding when it comes to the human side of data.
0: The human side of data. I think that's a great way to start this morning. And you mentioned throwing people into the mix. And what I still hear is that when we're talking about inclusion and diversity in these hot topics that when you throw data into the mix, a lot of times people think, oh gosh, there's numbers and I thought I was you know, doing this practice well and now I've got to worry about how to measure and count it. And so there's still a lot of confusion to clear up. So to start off, Amanda, can you tell us just a little bit more about how we can use data to help us make better decisions about where to focus those diversity efforts?
1: Absolutely. This is an area that's a personal passion for me. And I think we all want to do work that's impactful, right? We want to do things that are meaningful. And we also all want to get our budgets approved to be able to do that work. <laughs> and sometimes that's really difficult to have happen unless our work is measurable um, and unless it's strategic. Um, You know, I was actually just reviewing, Holly, this survey. It's from the um, Society of Industrial and Organizational Psychology, their annual survey for the top 10 workplace trends, and in the top 10, diversity and inclusion and working with big data both hit the mark. Um, I don't think it's much of a coincidence, uh, and I think about how can we use big data In HR to be more strategic, you know, to your point, um, looking at our current states and trends is amazingly insightful and really tells us where we can potentially focus our energy. You know, in one project that I had worked in the past, a lot of people just had assumptions about hiring managers. You know, this is a very recruitment specific example, but a lot of times they were really worried about potential of unconscious bias leaking into the process. And there were a lot of assumptions made that we needed to be doing some training. We needed to intervene. We needed to teach them because they might be broken, right? Um, what happened was when we actually divvied down into the data, we had perfect pull through numbers. From a data standpoint, There wasn't unconscious bias happening in the process with those hiring managers at all. Um, And so it actually helped us personally not waste a ton of time, resources, and money trying to change hiring managers that, frankly, didn't need to be fixed. Instead, we got to spend that time and effort and resources and money and measuring our applicant rates and how could we build better applicant rates. And how could we attract more diverse talent so that way we could take advantage of those really great pull-throughs? So sometimes data can be pretty simple. Um, It's just a lot of times we haven't looked at it that way.
0: Yeah, really good point there. And you did a really good job about putting those points together to create, you know, we start here and then we end up here and then we see this result. So really good stuff there. Another big word that we're hearing, especially when it comes to digital data, all this good stuff, is data disruptor. And you're actually one of those. So could you explain how you use unconventional social science research as an influential guide for successful diversity initiatives and, like you said, recruitment?
1: So it's, it's funny you talk about this a little bit because I love getting inspiration from unusual places. Um, and I really see being as a data disruptor is finding ground sound research that other people are doing, and how can I then use that with the data that I know about the populations I'm helping to support, and leverage it really intentionally. Um, you know, there's great behavioral research and findings out there in DNI. A lot of people just don't necessarily know where to look. A favorite of mine is also to leverage market research that's being made for marketing companies. Uh, Nielsen Insights, um, I'm a little bit biased there because at one point in time I worked for Nielsen, but they are a favorite resource of mine. They do great research diving into segmented consumer markets, and there's no reason why the same research couldn't be applied to recruitment models. If we're trying to understand as a company how to attract customers, and how to get brand recognition, I see that as an easy slide directly over into what does our brand space look like from a talent attraction standpoint? Um, What does it look like in terms of where should we be placing our curated stories about what it's like to work at our company? Um, Where can we find the populations that we want to attract and, and hire and retain and develop You know, I think even other organizations also can really look at leveraging
0: research and
1: inspiration for new initiatives. Um, This is a really interesting one. Holly, I don't know. Have
0: you heard of Gender Avenger? Gender Avenger is a new one for me. What's that all about? (laughs) It's this really interesting community,
1: um, and they are all about equity and representation, in speaking time, and at conferences. Um, and they have this really fascinating tool that they call the GA, Gender Avenger, Tally app. And it was actually designed with the intention of understanding representation of equity and talking time at conferences, as well as to be leveraged within meetings. Um, when I discovered this, I was really inspired that this could actually be something we could apply maybe during interview processes what does our interview panel representation look like? What do interview times end up being? How much time are we discussing different candidates during consensus meetings? So these things, even though they're looking at it from a different perspective, if we can get a little creative and a little bit sideways, we can start to see how we can use this research and turn it into data to be leveraged within our own organization. Are women getting equitable talking time? When we're talking about candidates, are our minority uh, candidates getting the same consideration and airtime during those consensus meetings? And what does that look like? And what are the implications of that as well? Um, in addition, I also feel like Google Scholar is a really amazing resource that I think a lot of practitioners might not be aware of. Um, People in academia love Google Scholar. They also have a million other resources at their fingertips. But for those of us that actively work in HR and are not in academia, Google Scholar is a great place to get our hands on some of this great research that different people are doing. And it's free and it's accessible. And a lot of these publications are online. And believe it or not, if you reach out to these individuals who actually did the research, a lot of times they're very open to consulting. And to doing something on the fly and benchmarking and understanding how you might be applying it within your own organization as
0: well. All right, thanks again, Amanda. So let's talk about a little bit of a teaser. Could you just give us a couple tips that you might share with colleagues now before (laughs) your big keynote in San Francisco? I love it. Um, So, yes, I would love to
1: share uh, a few little insights from our keynote that'll be coming up um, later this year. So, I would have to say, Paramount, know your own data first. Gather it and don't let it die in a spreadsheet. (laughs) Visualize it. Turn it into something that a product manager in your organization could understand, that a supply chain manager can relate to, that a Joe Schmo on the street (laughs) can look at and they can understand what that trend or chart line looks like because that is half the battle. And when you have that data, start to look at it differently. So many HR professionals have access to so much interesting data. A good example of that is employee survey data. Start looking at it by segment. Start looking at it by gender. Start looking at it by race and ethnicity look at it by region, look at it by job category, and then ask more questions. That is where the anomalies will show up. And that is where hidden trends within your own organization will start to emerge. And when you see those trends, when you see those anomalies, that's where your strategy focus is actually born. Another um, kind of nugget, I suppose, is don't be afraid to admit that you don't have the answers. (laughs) You know, diversity and inclusion is complex, and it's confusing, and data is complex, and it is confusing sometimes, and no one has it figured out. But there are so many partners out there that you can reach out to, that you can collaborate with, in academia, in practitioner-focused work. Look across your functions, look to other industries and find those allies who really care about this work that you're doing.
0: All right, folks, that's all you're gonna get on today's episode. If you want to learn more, head on over to inclusivediversityconference.com for more information, and we can even help you make the case to attend in May. You'll learn about how to leverage neuroscience, data, and simple behavioral design to make diversity and inclusion part of your everyday organizational culture. And if you can't make the trip, don't worry, virtual passes are available. So Amanda, thanks so much for spending your morning with us. Thank you, Holly, thank you for having me. And also, as Amanda mentioned, you can find her blog, DNI Data Sources That Inspire, on HCI.org for a treasure trove of data sources with inspired insights about diversity in IO psychology, the demographic breakdowns, and people trends from trusted sources and experts in the field. We'd love for you to subscribe to Nine to Thrive if you enjoyed listening in. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the YouTube channel HCI Talent. If you happen to be listening on iTunes, please give us a rating. It helps other like-minded people discover the program. One more big thanks to Amanda. And for all of us here at HCI, we appreciate you for tuning in.